Hello and welcome to the Treasured Page podcast. I'm Melanie and this is our quiet crafting space. I'm in my craft room today and it is a sunny one. There's blue sky and there is that lovely springtime fresh breeze in the air making me feel energised and raring to go with my creativity today. So I'm really pleased to be here with you all and just having this moment to relax, to just breathe, just to calm down. A lovely way to start the day is to go for a little walk, get out in nature, feel the environment, feel the weather on your skin. Always lovely to bring in nature to your journaling. And What I want to talk about today is the journal size, the size of a journal. It's a big hot topic, actually, and it's a very, very personal one. So you can have the standard book size. You can have a very narrow sort of French document style journal. You can make them square. You can make them more like a sketchbook for an artist. You can make them as big as you want. You can make them as thick as you want. The beauty of making a book or making a journal is that you can have it exactly to the proportions that you want. If you've got a certain bookshelf that you would like to line journals up on, you can make them to fit the shelving perfectly so they all stand proud and look great. When you get involved in a creative journal and you're adding texture to the page you are going to create a chunky style journal and for that you're going to need to remember that spine needs to be thicker to accommodate what you will house within the pages. This is really hard because you're not always going to know which way your journal is going to go. Unless you make a journal from start to finish in the same week that journal will have a certain theme, a certain vibe because it will be of that snapshot time in your world in your life within that week in which you make it. If you are doing a journal as you go then your life will fluctuate and you'll be bringing in different influences. The journal can get more eclectic and you can collect more interesting things. You may find you try out more creative styles as you go, different ephemera that you might want to bring into the journal, different ideas. We're always learning, we're always adding to our journals and so therefore they can grow quite quickly. If you're not sure how thick your journal's going to end up, a really good way is to keep the pages loose and you can store them in a folder that you make or you can protect them in a box and just have them loose but folded. Then you'll be able to gauge how wide the mouth of the book is going to be and you can adapt your spine accordingly. And you can make the journal as big as you want. So if you're planning on a creative journal, if you'd like the idea of making one and you want to decorate the pages with texture and you're bringing in interesting things such as ephemera or you wanting to make folds and pockets and tucks, All of that add bulk. And therefore, you just simply don't have that many pages. So for one signature, just have five pages and even four pages. And what you'll find is that uh, you'll end up with the writing space because you'll be adding it in in the forms of flips or fold outs or little booklets. So just start with less pages. Don't think you need to have 10 pages to one signature, although you can. If you like writing space and you're not so much interested in the decorative extras, the interactive parts of a journal, then have more pages to your signature and you'll find that you won't have such a bulky journal. You'll not be adding the texture to the journal, so therefore it won't increase in size. 
You may find you like to have fabric within your journal, something on the edge, a little bit of trim such as lace or ribbon, and that of course is going to add the thickness. So the best tip here today is to reduce the pages. Just go with five per signature and decide how many signatures you want in the journal. And that can really be determined by how much you like to stuff into your journal. And there's no rule that says you have to have one journal for one year. You can have four. You can have as many as you like. You can have journals of all different variety. You can have whatever suits you. If you're going away for the weekend and you'd like a little journal to write and keep or document your things and a pocket size one, make that, have that. If you'd like a journal to capture gratitude or a prayer journal or something that you want to document about a particular time in your life, maybe a traveling period or something that you're doing, um, maybe you're documenting a certain project or you're interested in a study of something at the moment. Maybe it's a hobby, a hobby journal. And uh, perhaps you're learning gardening or fish keeping. You're learning a certain topic or in history, perhaps that journal can be just for that particular topic. And you can keep notes and make make things around that theme. Um, if you have if you have a pond or an aquarium, you might want to add all the learning that comes with that. And if you're into cookery or you're into a sport, perhaps you're a walker and you like to go on the trails, you want to keep the map. Or perhaps these are things that you've done in your past. You have a collection of certain maps or ephemera and you would like to now collate it and have it in one place. Document that portion of that fun time that you had in your life so that you can look back on it and more importantly you can share it with others and it all to make sense in a nice coherent book which you keep on your shelf. And those things can add bulk because you're putting physical things in them, little pieces of paper, cards, tickets and you're making it interactive and fun with the theme and perhaps you're using a digital kit you're sticking paper to paper therefore you are creating bulk so it is really interesting to maybe not go for the binding in the book method and then building the journal within a bounded book it is quite fun to have a elasticated uh, signature keeper, something like a large traveller's notebook where you can keep the pages and be able to work on them but put them away at the end of the day. Then you can sew on them, then you can stick to them, then you can allow them to dry in a drying process and then put ink on them. But you are still able to keep the papers all together before you're ready to bind them. Yep, so I think if you are looking to do that, uh, you don't need to have a particularly special binding. You could just keep some ribbon wrapped around them so you keep your pages all together. It's quite difficult to work in a book when you're working on a slope. So as you build up a journal, you'll notice that it starts to get thick and then you are working on a slope towards the end of the book. Therefore, if you've got the pages loose to begin with, before you've bound them into the journal, you'll be able to keep them flat on the table, work on them and really do a good job. You'll be able to get into all the corners. If you're using liquids or inks or dye or paint or watercolour, those mediums won't start running into the crease of the book and then weakening the fibres of the pages. Uh, in the binding, it will just sit on the page like a normal paper. 
and you'll be able to work on it with ease. So these are all different methods of how to put together a journal depending on what media you want to use. If you're a mixed media artist and you fancy adding some of your creativity to the pages and then binding it all together to keep it safe as an ideas book, then it is quite a good idea to keep the pages loose. But not everybody likes that. We all like to have a contained book which we can carry around and be more portable with everything. It's nice to keep things in a bag or a box. Then you keep yourself nice and organised. You're able to pull the project out and have all the little pieces that relate to that journal in one place. Lots of things to think about there. It's a completely personal way of of how you work and what works for you. And it depends on the style of journal you want to embark upon. If you're just making decorative pages with ink and you're not putting any texture on them, They are just effects, they are coffee stained, tea stained or they've been soaked in a dye or they've had watercolour on them and they are essentially flat. Then that's going to work nicely in a book to begin with and you can bind it up and work as you go. Having a thick journal with lots of interesting things all crammed into it is definitely an exciting, intriguing thing to hold in your hand. It looks very different to what you might find on a YouTube channel where you see us with these huge chunky journals and wonder how on earth do you manage that but when you hold these things in your hand and you feel the textures and you see the little trim and the charms and things swinging off of it it, it's an art piece in itself it's a very tactile piece some of it has scent to it because we've used certain scented glues in my case I do that or there's coffee, or there's some botanical spice that might have been added to the pages, such as cinnamon or nutmeg. And there's a whole array of senses coming from this book, and it has character, and it has soul. And those are the junk journals that are really, really interesting. They're not very practical. They're not going to sit neatly on the shelf. They are going to be ones that maybe face forward. They are up front. They are in your face and they are there to be looked at and explored. And that's why they're so exciting in a way, in their own right. They're, they have their own category. These chunky Gatormouth journals have their <laughs> own space. They demand their own space because they are sizable, quite weighty pieces and because they have all the things in them whether they've got vintage ephemera or they've got swatches of fabric that are interesting little snippets of lace from the past or charms that can't be found they are treasured they are interesting they are exciting to make and they hold a whole world of emotion they invoke emotion when they are held when they are looked through because everybody will feel something different because you're looking at something familiar you're feeling something in your hand and that's that's really important in this day and age where we've got so many tech technological things where everything is on a screen and it's very flat to hold something in your hand this three-dimensional piece that has been brought together in the modern day but with vintage finds or clutter from our lives and then looking through that and noticing these little things that you think oh 
I remember having that. And if somebody else has made it with their own vision and their own story, you might not get what they felt when they made it, but you will get an energy. You'll get a sense of vibrancy bouncing off the page because it will be something to explore. It will beg you to draw in and open up the pages, look in the pockets. There are envelopes to be discovered, unwinding a policy closure to find secret hidden things inside. It's just, it's playtime and it's fun. It reminds you of a time before. It's a nostalgic playing with paper, something that casts your mind back to something you may have experienced in the past. But if it isn't, if it's for a young person now looking at it, then they get to discover something that we would have had. So they get to discover something that an older generation would have grown up with and looking at a policy closure, winding it with a string or a treasury tag or an old fashioned paperclip or a bulldog clip. Some of these things that you might find on a junk journal that have made their way in from what somebody has said is their clutter but it's really their treasures because it's something that reminds them of maybe a grandparent or a way of life that we had when we were little growing up where it was commonplace to have a paper receipt for something it was commonplace to have maybe a wooden ruler and we're bringing in just little touches of that just to honor the past and then show the future generation as well so yeah junk journals are amazing and the chunky ones are brilliant they're not for everybody it's completely personal down to you and what you like to make and what you want the finished result to be so it is a good idea to maybe make a journal where you don't bind it in the binding comes at the end and the cover comes at the end and then you'll be able to look at your pages look at the vibe and what what you've managed to put together and then choose the cover as a final finishing touch and then you will be able to pull the whole piece into one and present it as as a cohesive piece that makes sense. So it's it's a different way of looking at it rather than having the book and then working through the book, but it's entirely personal and how you work and how much time you want to spend on this journal. If it's something that you're doing over the year, it's going to develop best to leave the cover to the end because you will have grown as a person. Your artistic ability will have developed. You'll have taken on more ideas. So whatever you make today is not going to be as interesting as what you'll want to make in six months time if you continue learning. So there we go, just some insight on how different journals can be and the thought behind making something with less pages but adding more in to decrease the bulk is a is an interesting one to play around with. There are no rules in junk journaling, it's completely up to you. The chunkier the better in many people's eyes but not everybody wants that so you make the book to how you want it. And just remember every collage, the more layers you're putting on is going to increase the thickness. So you could just limit the amount of collages you put in and maybe focus on other areas of the book. So focus on putting texture on the edge and just focus on putting texture in the centre and just 
distribute the bulk around the pages. So it's not all concentrated in the right-hand corner of every page. You know, you end up with not much at the top. So you've got to also put bulk on the top of your page. Then you even out the textures on the page so that they become more even as you build them up. So that's the little thoughts of today as you are creating pages. Just think where you're putting your bulky pieces and make sure you evenly distribute them around the pages on each page. That will also look more interesting as you flick through. Okay, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much for listening to the Treasured Page podcast. I'm Melanie and above everything else, just slow down and make crafting time for you. Bye bye now. Mm -hmm.